Welcome to Colin Brain versus EMCU. Hello, everyone, and welcome to your favourite podcast designed for your ear holes. And welcome to another bonus episode. We've now met Toby Maguire's Peter Parker, Tom Holland's Peter Parker, and now it's time to meet Peter 3 as we watch The Amazing Spider-Man starring Andrew Garfield. But... Before we swing into our usual shenanigans, I think I use the swinging analogy every Spider-Man episode. Um, I'm clutching at straws. It's time to introduce my fellow co-hosts. Firstly, it's a good job Dr. Kurt Connors never met and gave his formula to this particular co-host, because otherwise that foreskin going back could have been pretty awkward. (laughs) I know. I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> I know far too much about my friends. It's Robert Trot. Rob, how are you? Well, now the internet does. So, you know, brilliant. <laughs> I, I would say to Colin to cut it, but I feel like that's just adding to oh, fuel to yeah. the fire. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm good. And I'm good. Good. Last but certainly not least, some might say I mentioned his beard too much during his introductions but what's guaranteed is that i don't mention his beard as much as this film mentions fucking branzino it's colin brain colin how are you i'm all good man i'm all good good nice to hear (laughs) um now i know i mentioned in our last bonus episode that i was going to try and figure out rob's zoom name every week uh, before each episode Mm. i spent a good 10 minutes trying to think earlier on and i kept drawing blanks so that is off to a horrendous start (laughs) so rob could you please inform our listeners as to what your nickname is this week this week i am dr squirt connors fantastic you're welcome brilliant Colin is just nodding his head. (laughs) I'm I'm smiling, I'm smiling. Tasteful as ever. (laughs) Within the first five minutes, we've had uh, circumcisions and squirting. Brilliant. Bring it on. It's a bonus episode, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, Rob, you've just been away for the week. Uh, Did you have a good week, sir? I did. It was lovely. Lots of good family times. Um, Went on a little electric boat with my boy, Max. Um, Nice was great yeah he got a little badge for being a good captain yeah it was just like really really cool uh nice and chilled out got to see my side of the family as well and we went away with my wife's family and uh yeah nice and relaxing so if he was the captain that would make you the foreskin right sorry foreman I was. I thought you were going to make a seaman joke. I was going to. Say, I, I was going to say both seaman, but then I'm realising that's your son that I'm talking about. Yeah. So probably not. <laughs> so I'm keeping the jokes directly on the <laughs> Um uh, Colin, I've got a question for you, sir. Oh, um, right. I actually. Um, I gave this question to Colin earlier on today. I, I sent him a little WhatsApp. I didn't want to put him on the spot tonight. So, and I actually planned to tell, ask this question in our next MCU-centric episode, mm. seeing as it's a very MCU-centric question. Yeah. Um, but I think our next episode is going to be long enough, as it is. And I do have a That's little something, true. not a game, planned before <laughs> our uh, Infinity War Bebe episode. Okay. Um, so I'll ask it here. Uh, what supporting character... Or characters that you've seen so far in the MCU, would you like to see 
get their own solo movie or TV show? Okay. It's a tough one because what initially came to my mind is is not so much a specific character, but there's certain sort of there's certain areas that I would like to explore more. Mm. Definitely um I'd love to see a lot more in Wakanda, like a TV show based around like the the lineage or the history of those tribes that were there that mm-hmm. they spoke about, and that would be really cool. I'd like that. That sounds good. Um, and also, like I, I'd love to get back to that that spot that Jeff Goldblum was running in uh, whatever oh, it was called, Sakar. Yeah, like that. But that's what I, I mean. I, I very much doubt that's going to happen. But. Um, mm. If I had a wish list, it would probably be more just to explore some of the environments and the areas rather than specific characters. If I really had to think about character, I mean, I know that there's a Loki one just from, I'm pretty sure it's a TV show. I kind of remember seeing it on some some London buses, like not not that long ago, maybe like early this like year, you, back in the last year. So yeah, I think you've got things confused a little bit. Okay, yeah. maybe I have. Maybe it's a movie. Um, I'll tell you one thing, which is sort of jumping ahead a little bit into potential spoilers that I've stumbled across recently. But <sighs> I have had She-Hulk confirmed that it is something. And you can thank a uh, coffee and smoothie chain in London called Joe and the Juice for that because they seem to be running a promotion at the moment where they're doing some She-Hulk... I, I imagine like a green smoothie of some sort, and it's like plastered. Sort of matcha. It's plastered all over the. Um, Those hipsters the, can. The storefronts. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so I know there's a sh- also shit coffee. Sorry, Joe and the Juice, oh. but shit coffee. Um, I gather that She Hulk's maybe it isn't a show, but the one thing that made me kind of excited for something like that is the thought that we might get a bit of Mark Ruffalo um in that because obviously i know that i guess contractually and stuff it's still in the same position where he can't have his own standalone things so for me the more i see of him in this journey of mine through the mcu the better so that's cool Mm -hmm. um i'll tell you one thing and it's i'm trying to think back now to i'm trying to think i would like to see more of the kind of you know when we watched? I'm trying to. I'm getting fucking confused with which films which here because I haven't we haven't <laughs> released them all yet, and I'm trying to figure out which, which ones we've recorded and stuff. So the sort of elders and stuff that we were seeing in either like Thor, I think it was. Um, right. Was it Thor? So in Ragnarok, there's a mention of their history and stuff like yeah, that. yeah, stuff like that. That'd be cool. It would be cool to see mm-hmm. like the like you know separate, completely separate from where we are time wise, but like just. Mm-hmm. Just to Game get a bit, of Thrones style, just just, just a bit more of, like yeah. because I feel like they're always trying to shove a lot of that at you in a movie, and mm-hmm. it never really stays with me that much because it's there's always so much more to be keeping up with, and it's never really like the main plot point. So I think yeah. something like that might be cool with just like these sort of yeah, like some of the Agreed. higher some of the higher ups that are kind of running everything. You know, that would be pretty sweet. All As a movie or me, a show, so. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, standalone films. Any characters jump out that haven't got their own film yet? I think this. I think this is a film. It's either a film or a show. It's another one that would have come out in the time frame that we've been doing this, which is a Black Widow something. Oh, okay. And I definitely, I remember the little bits and bobs that we have kind of been shown of her history mm-hmm. uh, in maybe 
the Avengers films or Civil War? I can't uh, really remember, but Age of Ultron when was it? Um, uh, Wanda does a little mind thingy to her. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. We that... learned that she was um, an orphan. Yeah, that was taken to somewhere called the Red Room and trained to be a Black Widow from a child. Yeah, yeah. So I think that that would be cool as like a you know an origin of of some of mm-hmm. that. I mean, I guess. I'm I'm up for seeing origins of of most of the guys that we haven't seen or girls. Um, yeah, but and also I'm still quite far behind, so there might you know there, there's a lot for me to still mm-hmm. sort of watch and a lot isn't of characters there? to still be introduced to. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Okay, interested. Well, you might be pleasantly surprised in the future. Who knows? So, it's a bloody long film. And hopefully this doesn't result in a bloody long pod, uh, podcast. So shall I crack on with a, a bit of a background to The Amazing Spider-Man? Go for let's, it. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. So as we all know, following the release of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 3, Sony Pictures went right ahead and greenlit a Spider-Man 4. Uh, you know, even though the fan and critical reception wasn't exactly amazing... Uh, It did make a lot of money at the box office. So uh, then in January 2010, Sam Raimi left the project saying he wouldn't be able to retain his creative integrity. Ouch. Uh, And then the rest of the cast left with him, uh, which isn't a surprise uh, because I think around this time, Tobey Maguire was probably in his early 70s at this point. (laughs) uh, So it could have been a little awkward having him play Peter Parker. Uh, So Sony decided that instead of finding a new director and a new cast for Spider-Man 4, they would instead rehire and recast and just start the franchise all over again. Uh, With almost no break between the films as well. First two people they offered the director's chair to was Catherine Bigelow and David Fincher. I'll say that again for the people at the back. Catherine, Catherine? Catherine Bigelow and David Fincher. Um, I can neither confirm nor deny that the heads of Sony were off their minds on drugs at this point, but the evidence speaks to itself, uh, Your Honour. So after they obviously declined, someone at Sony saw a new, and uh, boys forgive me for using this word, hip, uh, romantic comedy called 500 Days of Summer. I've got a Uh, little segment I'd like to do called I'm going to stop you there because I remembered something. Stop you there because I remembered something. I've got a feeling this is a brand new jingle that's been created in the last five seconds. I don't know what you're you're on about. It's very polished. I've got it in my notes. Um, David Fincher was actually uh, working on a Spider-Man pitch back in the 90s, well before Raimi was uh, involved. Also, Catherine Bigelow wasn't. But um, her husband and also, at the time, I think, husband at the time, ex-husband now, um, James Cameron was working on one, which we mentioned in our Spider-Man episode. So there are links for Sony. Give Sony their due. There is There are links for those directors to maybe want to be involved in Spider-Man. There's links, but it was never going to happen. So 500 Days of Summer was the directorial debut of a guy called Mark Webb. Yes, Webb. Yep, oi. Um. <laughs> oh, straight in audio commentary facts. Mark Webb, you say? Well, he was the uh, the lead on the audio commentary this time, alongside uh, producers Matt Tolback and Avi Arad, who we've mentioned plenty of times before. Yeah, it was a fair but disjointed commentary. I'm doing reviews now, inspired by our Twitter uh, community. <laughs> But very disjointed. You can tell that uh, Mark Webb's was recorded at a separate time to Avi Arad's and uh, 
Matt Tolmax. And there was also a weird joke that uh, Avi Arad made, who said that um, Andrew Garfield was having to kiss loads of actresses in the, the audition scene that he had with uh, people auditioning to be Gwen Stacy. And he, he joked, I asked him if he needed a stand-in, and Matt Tolmax said, implying you. And he said, yes. And then he said, if it's on screen, it's acting. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Yet so, again, Your Honour, the evidence speaks for itself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel it, that if any time Avi Arad gets in trouble, I'm going to email my copy of uh, Amazing Spider-Man uh, <laughs> audio commentary to the courts for uh, evidence. <laughs> Don't you worry, I have a quote from I found from Avi Arad. We'll get into it later on, and it is one for the ages, boys. Good Lord. <laughs> um, so 500 Days of Summer was one of the best-reviewed films of that previous year, actually, with Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times calling it a delightful comedy that's alive with invention. And the Los Angeles Times also saying that 500 Days of Summer is something seldom seen, an original romantic comedy that bristles with energy, emotion and intellect. So the higher-ups at Sony saw the film and called Mark Webb in. Was that Andrew Garfield as well on that? No, it was Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Zoe Deschanel. What what year did that come out, do you know? Uh, About 2010, I think. About a year before this film, yeah. Yeah, I think I was working in blockbusters at the time. I remember that coming out, Uh, actually. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's an okay film. It's not. I, mean, I think I watched it and it was fine. It's a little but... too twee and hip for its own good, mm, but it's all right. Okay. And if it's too twee and hip for George O'Connor, what? Yeah, I mean, Christ. <laughs> you better believe it's twee Prick. and hip. Um, so, <laughs> uh, Mark Webb, yeah, he was he was asked how he felt about the Amazing Spider-Man being his second movie. Uh, Webb said that he was a little sceptical at first. You feel the presence of those other movies. But then I was like, how could I walk away from this? What an opportunity. Sam Raimi's virtuoso rendering of Spider-Man is a humbling precedent to follow and build upon. The first three films are beloved for good reason. But I think the Spider-Man mythology transcends not only generations, but directors as well. I am signing on not to take over from Sam. That would be impossible. Not to mention be slightly arrogant. I'm here because there's an opportunity for ideas, stories and histories that will add a new dimension, canvas and creative voice to Spider-Man. So Sony wanted to work alongside Mark Webb in finding their new Peter Parker. And so Jamie Bell, Alden Ehrenreich, Josh Hutchison, Logan Lerman and Andrew Garfield all had auditions and screen tests. Webb was given the final say, and it obviously uh, went to Andrew Garfield, uh, and he got the role. It was also decided that Mary Jane was not to be the love interest for this film, as they wanted to be comic book accurate and have Gwen Stacy be the love interest, in the hope that one day they will be able to introduce Mary Jane. The shortlist for the role of Gwen Stacy was Lily Collins, Imogen Poots, Emma Roberts, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and obviously Emma Stone. After just one screen test alongside Andrew Garfield, uh, Emma Stone was offered the role, as their chemistry was apparently incredible. Now, Michael Fassbender actually came very close to signing on to play Dr. Kirk Connors uh, in this, a.k.a. The Lizard, before eventually passing on the role, and it went to Reese Ifans instead. Now, here we go. I have a quote here from Avi Arad about um, some of um, his and Sony's creative choices behind the scenes here. 
Oh dear. <clears throat> Here we go. I'm going to try to get through this without cracking. Now, Avi Arad was also a producer on Spider-Man 3. Now, he said that Kurt Connors was the perfect choice. <laughs> sorry. Perfect choice of villain for the reboot. Because in his words, look at Peter. He misses his parents. And look at Kurt Connors. He misses his arm. <laughs> oh, fuck off. So emotionally, they share a very similar problem. <laughs> Is that legitimate? Are you serious? Yeah, I promise. Talking what? of the the depths of Avi Arad. <laughs> the first thing he says in the audio commentary is during the hide-and-seek scene, and Peter walks into his dad's office, doesn't he, young Peter? Mm. And Avi Arad goes, hmm, something is wrong. No. <laughs> How old is this guy? He's, I have no idea. He's quite old. He looks like a sort of, um, like an old wizard walnut. <laughs> <laughs> uh i i mean i have seen this film a couple of times i, I watched it last night as well for the this episode mm. and i never once made the connection that peter and kurt connors are connected in a way because one misses his parents and one misses his arm does it feel like a more complete film now that you have made the connection <laughs> <laughs> my rating has changed <laughs> a spider has eight arms <laughs> And Kurt Connors only has one. <laughs> yep. They share a very similar problem. <laughs> oh. Okay, so uh, The Amazing Spider-Man was released on July 3rd, 2012. It grossed a worldwide total of $757 million. Uh, that's not a number to be scoffed at. It was the seventh highest grossing film of 2012. Critically, it was hit and miss. And most critics seem to agree that the film was well cast... Uh, particularly being Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone. But they say that the film lost some of its frills by revisiting maybe some of the old plot points from previous Spider-Man uh, movies. But shortly after its release, Sony greenlit The Amazing Spider-Man 2 with Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone and Mark Webb returning. Hmm. So here we are again. It's time for the question that usually raises my blood pressure. Wait a <laughs> Um I'm just grateful that the stakes aren't too high in these bonus episodes. So, Colin, mm. the amazing Spider-Man, what did you think? Yeah, this was an interesting watch, to be honest with you, because I went into it with little to no expectations. Because I remember watching this in the cinema when it came out, and I didn't 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 enjoy it. I think, but that was probably around the time where I was kind of getting a bit fed up with superhero movies anyway so i probably didn't give it a good enough chance but i can tell you one thing man i've self-diagnosed myself with something today uh oh spider-man fatigue right we've seen too much peter parker's too much spider-man i've had enough if i hear another <laughs> fucking version of the with great power comes great responsibility <laughs> thing yeah i'm yeah. throwing the fucking tv out the window and we're calling it a day <laughs> I was. I did wonder that last night when I was watching this. I Ooh. thought we've thrown a lot oh, of Spider-Man at Colin recently, and also like I think to be fair though, watching this one in that mindset was probably good because, like you said, this came out very quickly after yeah. Spider-Man Three, right? So, mm -hmm. although you didn't have the Tom Holland stuff, which I've now seen in Homecoming and him popping up in in um, fucking Civil War, I think it was kind of like it was interesting to watch it with that in mind like mm -hmm. we're getting it again like we're getting the fucking <laughs> you know but to be mm. to be perfectly honest with you though 
it wasn't as bad as I remembered it being. And there mm. were actually some really, really good moments in it that I was mm. quite surprised about. Uh, that sort of, but yeah, it was. A, anyway, we'll get into it, obviously. Yeah. But um, it was an interesting one. It was definitely an interesting one. Nice. So, Rob, obviously, you've got the Blu ray and you watched it alongside the commentary. Uh, mm-hmm. How was the rewatch for you? I mean, I'll admit, I've always been a bit of a Amazing Spider-Man 1 defender. Mm. I, I don't think it's it's far from perfect. Oh, but yeah. But I think there's... Where, where you can see uh, Mark Webb's strengths is clearly with character moments and with actors and with mostly the talking scenes. Mm-hmm. And and there's there's definitely... You can see the bits where he's getting to do what he wants to do and getting away with doing what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. And there's some creative choices that I think are really interesting. And then you've got the bit that just feels like the studio were, like, involved. Yeah. Um, and then it, it sort of doesn't work for you me. You can see a lot of the strings in this film, can't you? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we'll get into it. But I, I, I've always quite enjoyed it to a degree. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> so we'll be getting a, a lot more detailed in our deep dive but this film for me is a real mixed bag. Mm. Um, for me personally, the unfortunately, the negatives outweigh the positives. But this film does have some really good stuff going for it. Uh, I think I'm with the critics. I think both Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone are two strong leads. Uh, undeniable chemistry. Um, I'm not surprised in the slightest that a romance started between the two behind the scenes. Because it's all there on screen. Um, I think they're wonderful together. I don't think you can fake that kind of chemistry. But for the most part, I did actually find this rewatch a bit of a slog to get through. Um, I was hoping that time maybe would have been kind to this movie and I would come back to it and maybe appreciate it a little bit more. But uh, unfortunately, it wasn't the case. But like I said, there was some good stuff in there. So shall we get on with our deep dive? Uh, get a bit more specific as to what works and what doesn't? Let's do it, yeah. Cool. Um, so this is a very... Um, loosely detailed uh, recap so feel free to uh, jump in if oh, i skip wow. over anything i know you will so a young peter parker discovers that his father business tycoon richard parker's study has been burgled thanks aviarad <laughs> oh. audio commentary facts um actually this isn't an audio commentary fact it's just something that i noted and i figured you were going to carry on and i will get back to it so um what was the one i did at the beginning of the podcast i'm going to stop you there because i forgot to say something stop (laughs) you there because i forgot to say something how good is his dad at playing hide and seek because there's that moment i've got that noted yeah young peter goes up to the curtain and there's there's shoes underneath it and he lets go and there's a broom in it and I'd love, I I want to see the scene where his dad, this serious scientist man who's who's really worried about Oscorp finding out all his shit, <laughs> still had time to go, <laughs> he'll think this is me, but it's my slippers. <laughs> it's I had it the complete opposite. I thought he was rubbish at hide and seek because Well, he's Peter pretty good because Walk- he hasn't Pe- seen him for God knows how many years. <laughs> 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 well, Peter walks into the study and he literally he's still goes, playing. and he goes, Dad? And his dad pops around the corner. He's like, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we don't know how long they've been playing that. Oh, well, Jesus. He could have started know he that. would get so held up on. He could have started that early in the morning and he's forgotten that he was playing a game with Peter. And then Peter's like, dad? And he's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, shit. We were doing hide and seek. I hid that broom about five hours ago. 
Internally, Andrew Garfield's still counting, waiting for his dad to pop out. God's still sake. looking. <laughs> uh, Peter's parents gather hidden documents and take Peter to the home of his Aunt May and Uncle Ben, then mysteriously leave. Uh, Rob, as a big Spider-Man fan, how do you feel about the stories of Peter's parents taking focus here? Um, I know for certain Peter's parents, I don't think are ever mentioned in the MCU. I don't think they are in Tobey Maguire's too. So does it work? I mean, I think if you're going to try and add something new, then that's not a bad thing to add. Because I think, well, to that point, no, no film, had, uh, none of the Raimi films had explored that. But then they don't really explore it in depth here either. Mm. I think it was a, a good idea that the, the sort of foundations are a good idea. Yeah. Of, of um, I'm sure we'll get to it later, but there's, there's a great moment I like where, um, you know, he does give that sort of roundabout, Ben gives that roundabout um, speech about responsibility. And he's like, well, where is he then? If that was my dad's belief that you know, responsibility is the most important thing, why did he fuck off? Yeah. And I think that's that's really interesting stuff to look into. And um, so I, I kind of like that they, they made that a thing in this, but I, I, I think it was a bit, got yeah. a bit lost in the, um, in the lizard mess. Yes. So same to you, I guess, Colin. Is the parent angle something that intrigues you, you know, when it comes to telling a Peter Parker story? Yeah, I, I mean, it intrigued me enough because I was thinking to myself, what I, I had to think, like, we don't know anything about his no. real parents from any of the, And I wasn't sure if that was something from the comic books, but I gather it isn't. Not that I can remember. I think it may be from more from the... So they, they did the original Spider-Man run, and then I think in the... It might be the early noughties, they did a mm. run called Ultimate Spider-Man, okay. which was kind of retold um, a lot of the sort of origin and it sort of started again with Peter being in in um high school mm. and a lot of that stuff I think you know things with Venom and stuff like that was linked to his dad's scientific research and stuff like that yeah I, I liked um, I, I I did enjoy the the fact that there was some sort of scientific history from his dad and and I liked a little bit later on when when he's starting to build his own little uh, web shooters and stuff and and he's looking like back through the research that his dad's already like mm-hmm. come up with and he's like so i like that aspect of it but similar to what rob said like it doesn't really go any deeper than that and this whole like first act of the film just felt so thrown together it was a bit all over the place and yeah. um and i mean yeah the whoever played the parents aren't winning any awards for acting either, <clears> especially <throat> the especially old the mum she was shocking <laughs> <laughs> it was I like recognised t- her as well. It's like a TV show, man, and the score, like the music, was all like it was weird. The first like twenty minutes of this felt like I was watching an episode of Law and Order. It was like so like <laughs> like every everything <laughs> had music in the background, and it was just like this really ah oh, yeah, it was weird. It was it was a bit off putting to be honest. It was it was strange. I, I thought that about the mum as well. In fact, I was sitting there uh, watching it, and I thought to myself, "Who's that? Who's that? I've seen mm-hmm. her before." And she is Miss Honey in Matilda. Yes. That's it. Oh, yeah. really? Okay. But I agree, they are a bit rubbish. There's a bit in the uh, audio commentary. It's, like a, it, it, it's more jingles than talking. I know, I'm trying to just sort of like not disturb the flow too much and just full sentence them. It's a bonus, mate. Just do it's a thing. bonus. The chaos is there. And plus, I told you that 
if we recorded today, it would yeah. be chaos because I had to watch all of this with the audio commentary during my son's nap. So it's all a bit all over the place. Well, so, I mean, it's but, a good representation of the film, really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> the, um, so the actor playing Richard Parker, which I haven't noted down because... Um, Campbell Scott. Campbell Ooh, Scott. Yes. I only know that because I like to do a screenshot of the cast to have up on my screen. Nice. So when you guys start talking about them, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> That's good. That's Love good. Because um, yeah. so, um, after time, I've forgotten all their fucking names by the time we get around to doing this. This, this Robert Downey yeah. Jr. He's, yeah. yeah, I liked him. No, yeah, it's, he was it's, good. It's, it's mainly for those we'll types. From him. It's for like the side characters that have like one yeah. scene and you guys start talking. Oh, I don't know who that is. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I remember in one of the very first episodes, I had to cut it out of the mix of it. I think it was the first maybe Captain America one because you asked me what I thought of someone and I gave you my opinion and then I realised it was totally the wrong You're fucking actor. About the wrong person. <laughs> so that's why I've got it now, just to make sure I'm, it's a, fa- it's a fail safe. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Webb said of uh, Campbell Scott, he said that um, when when he's um, clearing out the office, he goes, it was it was his idea to um, wipe the board of the chalkboard of all the stuff which would be a really like interesting like oh what an interesting sort of like thing for the actor to choose to do when he's hurrying out of the place but he does it so shit yeah he wiped like two lines off you could still read half (laughs) his fucking research on the board i'm like what the it's awful yeah Yeah, it was bad that that whole thing was really bad imagine if he did it on take one and you just look over and just see what the continuity guy or the props department just being like what's he fucking doing i just said proft as they call for take two they're like what what was it again it takes him another five hours to rewrite get up the screenshot (laughs) (laughs) oh dear um yeah so um (laughs) <laughs> Years later, a teenage Peter attends Midtown Science High School. He is intelligent but socially awkward and often bullied. And one of his classmates is also the highly intelligent Gwen Stacy. Uh, so, Colin, let's get into it then. Um, mm. Andrew Garfield as Peter Parker in Spider-Man. How did he do? I mean, at this point, I, I wasn't really into the... I understand they were trying to get across that he was like you know the awkward kind of socially awkward guy, mm-hmm. but I don't know, man. It felt a little overdone to me. Like the very the very physical mannerisms, like every time he's saying something, he's like his head's like spinning off in a different direction, and he's all like squirmy under his arm and shit. And I had real issues in the first half an hour, and I'm a yeah, massive Andrew. Better. Yeah, I'm a massive Andrew Garfield fan, and I I was sitting here thinking. I was oh, not, is he not good in this? I was not feeling it to begin with. And, mm. and his, yeah, it was. And also, I think the reason I wasn't feeling it the most is because it generally just didn't feel like Peter Parker. It, mm-hmm. Like, if you had done that and, you know, this was a different film altogether and he was playing a character, maybe it would mm. be a bit more like, okay, maybe this dude's got some reasons why he's so quirky. But, and also, like, there was this weird, like, simmering level of arrogance that felt built into him as well. Like, right. it, it didn't make me like him. It made me more like frustrated with him. And I think when, when he's the lead in a movie, okay, don't, I'm sure there are examples where you maybe don't need to be on board with them and don't need to necessarily like them. But I've always found that with Peter Parker up until this point, he's been a very likable guy. And mm-hmm. um, I just feel like, but, but, and I only say that about him at this 
point in the film because I definitely agree with you. Like for the first half an hour or what, however long it was, I was really thinking like, wow, he, this is not good. Like mm-hmm. Garfield's really shit in the bed with this. <laughs> but then, but then, like by the end of the film, I was like t- t- complete opposite. It was really yeah. like a tale of two halves for me with with Garfield in this film completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Peter Parker compared to like the Tobey Maguire one, I I feel mm. like Maguire's one in Spider-Man one is like a, a bit of a social outcast at school, but maybe just because he's maybe the school's maybe too jockey or maybe he's like, he is a bit of a nerd and a bit of a geek and maybe a bit of a recluse. Mm. But the, I think you get it. Like you said here, that there's a slight arrogance to this Peter Parker where he, you almost feel like he doesn't want to be friends with everyone. Mm. And he, he maybe, I don't know, not maybe not doesn't think himself above everyone, but that he just kind of doesn't care too much about all yeah. this. Very different to the Tom Holland one, I, I feel, where he's mm. like a very, yeah. And and sometimes I would just, I, it made you wonder if he could even string a sentence together with, like yeah. sometimes he'd just give a series of murmurs and puffs and huffs and stuff. and mm-hmm. But then like a scene later, he's he's reeling off, you know, a science book or a, a yeah. page from an encyclopedia or, or even then some social interactions later on in the film. It's totally yeah. different. Yeah. And I found that when he was Spider-Man was like, he was totally different then. Yeah. And I really liked him in those moments. I felt like... I mean, we'll get to that bit. It's a bit further down. But um, yeah, it was odd. It was odd. I, 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 de- I love him as Spider-Man. I think that mm. maybe he's playing the awkwardness maybe a bit too much at the beginning. But, you know, we're the first time, one of the first times we see him wear the suit. He's got this new... The arrogance is still there, I guess, and the cockiness. But it, it's fun. Like, without Mugger pulls out a knife and he gets down on his it's knees. Great. No, I not small that. knives. It's my weakness. <laughs> yeah, I love that. But then, that, like you said, that's when he's in Spider-Man mode and, yeah. and it kind of works. But when he's just sort of huffing and puffing around his high mm-hmm. school, uh, like, you know, it, I don't know. Yeah, it, it didn't work for me. And I just felt it was really, like, turned up to 11 to the point that it was a yeah. bit, it was just, it was distracting. Mm-hmm. yeah okay yeah all agreed. his mannerisms and stuff were just a bit too much yeah I, I agree uh rob um over to you andrew garfield as peter parker i have a double audio commentary oh. double fact the, sake. <laughs> so the the jittery it's really interesting what you're saying about the jittery stuff um being off-putting for you and that by the end of the film you felt it was he was enjoying his performance more because apparently, according to Mark Webb, that was a conscious discussion between him and Andrew Garfield that he was... Those those jittery mannerisms at the beginning was like a conscious choice that Garfield made. And then if you watch... Interestingly, once I knew that, you get towards that... You look at that last scene he's in when he's on that porch with, um, with Gwen... Hmm. He's almost completely still. He barely moves at all. And hmm. the idea they the idea Garfield and Webb apparently had, whether or not that works, is that he is someone who's yeah, very like affected by that choice early on. That um you know, he's a kid that's abandoned, so they really lean into that. That hmm. was their the way they looked at it was we want to see what the effects of someone have been abandoned that young. Hmm could have and do it differently in that respect. So he's not so much a a nerd and mm. more of an outsider in terms of, you know, the weird, almost like a weird goth kid. But yeah. just, you know, that weird kid, like I reckon if it wasn't Marvel involved, 
he would have been an absolute beer stoner as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that, that's what I mean. That's what I, like if it was a different yeah. film altogether, I think you could have done more of it. But it just yeah, it was like I understand that, and that is a mm. cool idea to do. But I just think balancing it out a bit bit more subtle would have been nice because it was just yeah, yeah. a bit too much. Mm-hmm. Mm. He does some really nice stuff early on that I only noticed watching the audio commentary this time. Like when um, Flash is picking on that kid and he's like, he's saying to the kid, you don't have to eat, you don't have to eat that, you don't have to do that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's, he's not really sort of, he's trying to not get too involved, but uh, Flash is like, take the photo, take the photo. And he's like, the look he gives, like, because he's smart, I'm not, not going to do it, still not going to take the photo. Like, he's, um, his facial expressions are really, really, really good. And I think... I'm going to say this now. I don't know which point in this episode is a good a good time to say it. But if you played the Spider-Man game on PS4, the it's just yeah, 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 yeah. I I think they should have gone that angle with this film because I think Garfield possibly could still be playing Spider-Man had they done it that he'd been Spider-Man for eight years mm-hmm. and he's just he's already Spider-Man. They just started it out. Yeah. That he mm. was Spider-Man from the start. It's a very odd choice to do a a re um what's the word a reboot like, a reboot of with the origin story yeah. when when free had only you said it had finished like two years before previous mm. or something yeah like that seems mad to me like it just seems like such a strange decision to make I mean yeah I mean Kevin Feige in the MCU they had no other choice did they then we just oh of course you can't <laughs> like there yeah, would have it would have just would not have worked if we saw you can't it do that again for the no. third time no mm. but very odd but yeah I do I do really like him I think early on he is a bit it's hard to sort of get an angle on what he's doing I think and what mm. what the what this mm. beer is I found it really confusing because it's like, yeah, he skateboards, that's fine. None of that stuff really bothers me. But what did slightly bother me is the teacher's like, off your board when you're in the hall above your um, mm. you know, wheels in the air, and he holds it above his head and has this sort of joke with the, the teacher, which is fine. But then as soon as the teacher's out of view, he gets back on the board again. I was like, oh, no, he should have just maybe, it would have been better if he just kept on holding it up in the air. Like, Sorry. Yeah. 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 He's constantly doing that. I think that would have been more there, Peter yeah, there, than... There was a weird level of sort of arrogance and cockiness. And and those facial expressions and stuff, I think all all sort of rolled into the fact that he just came across a bit annoying, mm-hmm. was was annoying. But then he's pulling those same facial expressions at the end of the film. And I was like, fuck yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, you've just had a bit more time, I think, I guess. Mm-hmm. So like, like he has that grin when he right towards the end when he walks in and Aunt May's there and he's all fucking battered up and bruised yes, from the whole yeah. thing and he just gives her that grin and you're like yeah man like it's <laughs> but like if but those grins that he was doing at the beginning I'm like this guy's a fucking idiot like he's a knob <laughs> yeah. like it's strange how a couple of hours of watching a film you can completely uh, yeah. 180 your opinion on someone but that's that is what kind of happened for me with this watch nice yeah Rob what made it a double fact. Oh yeah, I should have explained. So the the first <laughs> I didn't fact, even think. yeah, the first fact was that they both discussed how the the jitteriness was going to fade out as he got more, you know, found himself. All, all Mark Webb kept saying was the film's about a guy looking for looking for a father and finding himself, which mm-hmm. doesn't really work. Mm-hmm. So yeah, by the end of the film, they they dropped the jitteriness, and that was the decision they made. But the second fact was. <laughs> That they wanted to lean into the fact that it was, this is a kid that is traumatized from the fact that his parents abandoned him so early on, because right. we cut literally from that moment of them leaving to him in the 
in high school. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think that's what they were trying to get across, but I don't think it necessarily works. Mm. Right. Let's keep going on this same uh, track then. Um, so, Colin, Emma Stone as Gwen mm. Stacy. So, um, I know we've mentioned in previous episodes that Mary Jane was not the first yeah. love. It was, yeah, it yeah, was yeah. Uh, Gwen. So, how's Emma Stone as Gwen Stacy? Yeah, I thought she was cool, man. I mean... I, I like. I agree with. I think you said earlier on about the chemistry between those two, mm. and it, now you've said that they were like you know having a little bit of fun on the on the DL. No, they were together shocked, for man. a few. Oh, years. were they? Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, okay. I mean, not before this. Okay. Okay. So yeah, it wasn't like some sort of fling behind the scenes. They were together for a, a few years. I, yeah, mm. I think. In the words of Hot Fuzz, we just watched two two and a bit hours of <laughs> comic book movie, and their kiss was the most realistic thing in it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, there was some major fuck eyes going on throughout this film. Mm, yes. Like, oh my goodness me. Yeah, but I think she's she's really good, and I think she played the character really well. And I mean, you know, I think the thing with this one is it. It felt like a very simplistic storyline, you know, like all the kind of characters lined up with the dots as they do in a lot of these comic book films. But it didn't it didn't quite annoy me as much as it has been recently. I don't know why. Um, and I think those two were cool together. And yeah. and yeah, she was she was good, man. She's good. And I'm glad you said that they're back for number two. Yeah, because they do do a second one of this. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I like I like that what they did with the story of of how. Um, you know, Garfield at the end is, has promised to what's his face that he's not going to be with her anymore. But then, yeah. like, obviously, right at the end, you get that little scene when they're back in school together. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was a really fun relationship that that you got to kind of watch over the the yeah. two and a bit hours, however long this was. And and yeah, like <clears throat> no complaints really for, from her side. So you're looking forward to seeing this relationship develop in the sequel? Then? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would say I'm I'm fucking thank thank whoever for subtitles because there were so many moments in this film where those two were almost like fucking whispering to each other yeah (laughs) or like really like murmuring and stuff and it was like yeah i mean (laughs) if i was i mean i guess in the cinema it's a bit different because the sound's better and and you're probably a bit more engrossed in it oh and also there's fucking there's been roadworks going on all day today so like throughout most of the film all i could hear was just like <laughs> for like two minutes straight every now what and could, again. What could you hear? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um that that'd probably be my only critique would be that sometimes their lines felt like they were a little bit kind of on top of each other and a bit too like yeah. you know, it did feel like it was gonna break into some fucking softcore porn at some point. Yeah, I think um, that's very much sort of that was sort of what Mark Webb was going for. Not the softcore porn stuff, but um mm. like the very Are you in- sure? <laughs> yeah, well or maybe the other dude, the producer might have been up for yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need me to stand in? <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> Brilliant. Um uh Rob, Emma Stone as Gwen Stacy. Yeah, she's brilliant. I think like um She's one of those actresses that, because I think the first thing I'd seen her in was Superbad. Yes. And, oh, which yeah. It's still a fucking classic. I love Amazing that Amazing movie. So good. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I think the producer of that, I think Sony were involved in that as well, in terms of funding it. And mm. then Matt Tolmack, who was on the um, who was on the audio commentary, was the person who was like, yeah, she was incredible in that. We need to... I think she was one of the sort of like the people he was rooting for because he'd seen how good she was in Superbad. She's great. I think, like, all of that energy that is very similar to her character in Superbad, actually, the way she plays it. Mm. Sort of, she's, like, socially and intellectually one step ahead of Peter at any given time. Mm-hmm. 
like it just when he thinks he's like doing a funny line to her, he's, she's got a quip to put him back in his place, which is is really interesting back and forth dynamic. Nice. Uh, yeah, I think it's no surprise um, that she is now one of the most in demand actresses on the planet. She got an Oscar under her belt as well. Um, mm. She's great in this. Probably heavy in it. It would be a little heavy. She is uh, an absolute star. And she holds her own against Andrew Garfield. And yeah, um, I think we've all mentioned it, but the, that chemistry is undeniable. It's absolutely amazing on screen. And uh, yeah, she's great. So Peter learns his father has a friend named Dr. Kurt Connors, a scientist at Oscorp in the field of cross-species genetics. Can we talk he- about how he learns that? He uses Bing. <laughs> oh, Christ. Doesn't Google him. He uses yes, Bing. Course. Bing. exclusively bing <laughs> they probably got quite a few dollars for that uh, he sneaks into oscorp where he is bitten by a genetically modified spider he then discovers he has developed spider-like abilities such as super strength sharp senses agility and speed so i guess since we've now just been introduced to kurt connors i this we might as well do villain time Mm. Um, Colin, how was the lizard as a villain for you, and how was Reese Ifans? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'd kind of probably be repeating myself quite a bit with this, uh, with with these answers. But again, like there was so much. The first half of this film just felt so over the top in terms of the seriousness of it, or it would mm. bounce between one minute you'd have a scene that was so overacted and overly serious, and then the next minute they'll be trying to do like some sort of horror thing that could fit in with a 12 rated film and mm-hmm. and I, th- I, th- I there was one scene with um uh dr kurt connors and and peter parker i can't remember if this is before or after he's been bit it's when he goes to his house and he, they're talking mm-hmm. in the kitchen and i think that's when they're talking about his dad right and yeah and like oh it was just the acting just felt really paint by numbers it was like reese like you could you'd watch it it was like he'd say a mm-hmm. line he'd pause and then he'd tilt his head and look to the bottom corner of the screen. And then he'd say the final word of the sentence. And it was just like, I don't know, it just felt a bit... It's almost as if you got like an artificial intelligence and told yeah. it to make a scene where the yeah. villain and the and the hero meet and talk about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what it would print out. Yeah, so it was a, it was a tough one to, to kind of get into. Mm. But like the story of the character of... of Kurt Connors and the lizard itself I think was actually quite a cool idea I, I like the story of you know he he's he's trying to figure out a way to grow back this arm and also mm-hmm. help other people with that sort of stuff and then obviously when he does turn into the the villain or the lizard mm-hmm. it's not really him doing that it's it's the you know it's the reaction from from what he's injected himself so then you're kind of like you're kind of rooting for him to be saved rather than be destroyed or yep. or like ended like most villains you would want so i did like that and and there was even some moments when he was when he was the lizard was quite cool i mean it was a bit it did get a bit much of less of him as a human and more of like a cgi lizard and mm-hmm. i don't know how on board i was with some of the when the lizards like having dialogue back and forth right. was a, sometimes yeah. a little bit ropey. I yeah. think the dialogue, yeah, I don't know, man. But but then there were bits that I liked, and mm. it's just a bit like just a little bit indifferent to a lot of this, to be honest. Yeah, like that. I I would say other than Emma Stone, who I think pretty much smashed it, at, like in most of her scenes. Mm-hmm. 
I think most of the other like cast members and characters, there was just as much that I liked and just as much I didn't like. So they almost just cancelled them out into like a, a nothing. Yeah. You know, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> and I feel like that about him, um, yeah. about Kurt Connors. Yeah, so would you want to see him return in Amazing Spider-Man 2 or do you want to see a new villain? I think we'll get a new one, right? Oh, I don't know. I mean, Colin. you don't. You don't normally. I'm, I'm just thinking of of history of these films. Mm. Uh, has has there ever been so far like a time where it was the same villain over two films? I don't know. I'm, I, there might have been. I might have already watched it. I'm just yeah. wondering. Has there been? Or well, not, generally they normally no. Obviously, you a villain might you know pop up every oh, now yeah. and then, of but course. to be of the course. main villain again is is, yeah. is maybe rare. Yeah. Yeah. I, d- I doubt it, but I wouldn't. I mean, he's knocking about still, isn't he? And yes. So who knows? Who knows? Uh, Rob, the lizard. How was he in the Amazing Spider-Man? And how was also Reese fans? I wasn't a big fan of if fans oh. in, in this, especially more knowing that it could have been Fastbender. I think that man. When you said Fastbender, I haven't heard that name in ages. He hasn't done much in a while. Hmm. He's been man. Some... I remember watching him in a lot. Like back when I was he still was watching films, he out was on movies. fire at one point. Yeah. And I really like. I liked a lot of the stuff he did. So hearing that name was like a fucking blast from the past. I'm more he's... upset that it wasn't Dylan Baker. Who I don't know if Colin, if you spotted uh, that, Colin. So you know, um, in the Raimi Spider-Man films. Mm-hmm. The professor that is in all three films talks to Peter about, um, you know, you're struggling with your grades, and he also looks at the symbiote with him, and he's okay. actually Kurt Connors. He's got the and one arm. Oh, really? Ra- one of Raimi's ideas was to bring him in as the lizard, as one of the next things. <sighs> so you would have had three films with him in the background. Damn, that's and then good. when he turns into the lizard, you would have been like, holy mm, fuck. Yeah. Because it then upgrades to this. You've got all this backstory of Peter's connection to him, mm-hmm. and suddenly he's this big villain. Whereas that was lost because suddenly we're like, oh, we're meeting this character for the first time. And so and is then, Peter. But, yeah, so is Peter. And it just feels as... There was there was some interesting stuff. I liked the, the shot. There's one particular shot where he puts his, you know, remaining arm up against a glass, up against, like, that was a cool. pane of glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it looks to him like he has two mm-hmm. I thought that was a really mm-hmm. nice shot there was some real nice makeup work and effect work on especially the f- the first time the arm grows and he mm-hmm. sort of pulls it out of that weird cocoon that was all physically done um that was all gross but i i didn't really enjoy him much when he was just kurt connors and then when he turns into the lizard he's just it's it's all him sort of going, poor Peter Parker. Yeah. I'm sort of. Yeah, <laughs> dialogue-wise, the dialogue was ropey. Even that first scene when, when um, mm. Peter Parker manages to get the uh, fucking the, the name badge to get into the, yes. wherever they are, Oscorp mm. or whatever it is. And he's just like doing with this really cringy on the nose like presentation in front of a load of students. And it's mm. just like every line he's coming out from, it was just, it was just too much. It was, it just felt yeah. too much. A lot of his lines felt like they weren't lines that a human being would come out with. It's like, it, 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 and that's one of the things, man, like there's nothing worse than when you get reminded that you're watching a film. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. that's, that's what you don't want when you watch films. And when you just listening to this guy talk and you're just thinking, yeah. this is just, he's just reading the script. Like, yeah. and it's poorly written script. I'm, I apologize to whoever wrote it, but like, it is what it is. 
Yeah. And also, like, you can kind of tell that this dude doesn't... Whoever the director was, and again, no offence, because he's done a lot better than I have in life, <laughs> but um, you can definitely tell that, that this guy's not, like seasoned and experienced was, in doing it was music videos movies. beforehand oh really okay. directorial debut which was, was that 500 500 days. days of summer and then suddenly he's he's got some I mean, that... <laughs> audio commentary <laughs> facts um so mark webb um like you say yeah had done some music videos beforehand i think he'd worked with wolf mother the um, oh, okay and um the a fun fact for the end um, funeral scene when uh, Gwen's walking out of the church. That was the same church that he shot the My Chemical Romance video for Helena. Oh, tune. Okay. Yeah, it's a tune. What's the worst said I can... Sorry, no, I, won't I won't do it. Just stop. No, no. Stop. Stop, George. <laughs> stop. <laughs> so please. Please stop. <laughs> but I mean, look, I don't, I don't mean to disrespect the guy. Obviously, mm. like making one fucking film as a director and then your next film is the amazing spider-man mm-hmm. i mean it could you know, have been a lot worse it yeah. could have been a lot worse and also like the fucking pressure and i'm sure he had never been involved in that kind of environment where you're like you know you're working with big big companies and you probably have to sit in a room with a lot of powerful people yeah. and maybe get pushed around into things like we don't know what it, like he, he might have his own fucking story about what happened in the making mm. of that film so you can only really take that kind of stuff on face value when you see directed by and stuff like that but i mean what what a task though to be kind of given that after one film and it was like an indie fucking chick flick or something you said yeah, it, was a, yeah so it was a independent but you can tell comedy, yeah. but but you know you can tell and and that's just that's the way it is you know the more you work on stuff the more you learn and the better you get so mm-hmm. it's like it is what it is you know <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's one of those weird things because did you guys ever see a um a sketch show from chris morris called jam Mm-mm. it's really fucking surreal really mm-hmm. dark i think colin would do it for sure mm-hmm. but there's um <laughs> there's, there's a weird sketch where this tv guy goes into you know fix this guy's tv and he goes oh i see what the uh what the what the uh problem is it's uh lizards and all these lizards crawl out the back of the tv <laughs> And the guy goes, who are you? You do even work, do you even fix TVs? He goes, I'm Mr. Lizard. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, who's your boss? He goes, he's another Mr. Lizard. And I kind of feel like the Lizard's plan is just to be Mr. Lizard from that sketch in that <laughs> it is just, what's his plan? Make some lizards. Yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah. I want everyone to be a lizard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why? But yeah. why though? <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. You're right. It's, it's the whole lizard's final plan is is very very strange because uh, there's it's we don't obviously it starts off we get this exposition of Kirk Connors literally talking to a screen to the camera mm. and to the audience himself, letting us know of his final plan. But not only then do we get the video of uh, of his plan. We then cut to this horrible computer graphic of a cloud of gas going over New York. And then I swear, lots of mini lizard men just popping up on a map. There's loads of voiceover, isn't there? But they clearly had to sort of figure this out in post. Where it's just Riso fans being like, they could all be lizards. All of them. Peter Park is going to stop me lizards. <laughs> just just the, if the actual video of Kurt Connors speaking into the camera and addressing the audience directly, you know, wasn't clear enough. They've had to, obviously, the filmmakers yeah. decided to give us a visual aid too. Yeah. Um, it, it was a little wow. condescending. It, it was very, it's a strange moment.
moment. Um, <laughs> how do we feel about a lot of scenes being set at Oscorp? And there's lots of mentions of the reason they're doing these experiments yeah, and stuff for... is to save Norman Osborne's life. And it's, there's, it, there's, it just means nothing in the film. Is, is it? Does it? Does it make you excited? Maybe thinking, oh, are they setting something up here, or is well, it just like I shit mean, or get off the pot? Well, I mean, you friggin' well hope they're setting something up, or it was a complete waste of time. Mm. But and and even the other dude, the guy that was like clearly the the one up from what was his name, <laughs> like Ratha, Ra- Ratha yeah. or something. That guy, like, what an odd addition. Like, just means nothing to this film. Like, mm. talk about a one-dimensional character. I mean, it just he it, it, suddenly he's this guy that can boss around like it didn't yeah it was it was odd smells of sony doesn't it <laughs> I, I don't i don't know what you mean by that i don't know enough about the what you know well, that no, sort of like, shit. It, it smells um, of like you do you really think mark webb as he is his vision for this oh, film was being I like see what you mean okay yeah, oh you we're mean gonna sony have some in... guy come in and talk sure, about norman sure, Oz, i get what like, you're saying mark webb just clearly would not give a shit i sorry. I mm. thought you meant it smells like Sony as in like they're known for doing that sort of thing. But you mean like it's just that's the big guys in the suit saying we need to have yeah, this. On there. I get what you're saying. It's what it yeah, feels yeah, yeah. like. Yeah. No, I wouldn't disagree with you. That I wouldn't disagree with you there. Talking of the big guys, um, I've got another edition of Avi Arad. What's he saying there? <laughs> is <laughs> when we see Reese Evans. <laughs> it's a bit where he says he goes Reese committed to the surgery of having his arm removed for oh. the part. <laughs> and he, he, he goes with this as if it's serious for a, a very, very, what? very long uh. time. Until the other producer's like, of course it was uh, CGI. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Christ. Mental. Yeah, one nutcase. <laughs> Question, how do we feel about the POV shots as Spider-Man. Is it something new and interesting that Mark Webb brings mm. to uh, the swinging scenes or maybe just a little bit too much? Like... I, I really like it. I think um, like it's like a GoPro. And they do it for one bit earlier when he's running through the... You know, he's just put on the mask. He's hunting down his... Oh, it's almost like know, a Steadicam shot, cut. isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. I thought it was really cool. I remember the first teaser trailer was just the POV shot of... I remember that. When, when he's jumping over the rooftops, and then they cut it to shit in the film. They just, like Instead of making it all one long extended sequence, they just chop it up so it's like a jump here, and then a, mm. you know, a leap there. and a, you know. But I think it's a really cool stylistic choice that... If you're going to do things to set yourself apart from the previous series, there was nothing that looked like that in Ray, in mm. Raimi's series. Not, be, you know, because it, those films looked bad. They just would look out of place in yeah. in Raimi's film. This felt more. It felt like it fitted with the sort of tone that he was going for. Okay, Colin, did they jump out to you at all? I mean, I didn't really like them. It, I, it reminded me of Mirror's Edge. Do you remember that video game? Oh, yeah. There was sure a lot came... of, um, yeah, connections between that. Yeah. And m- maybe that time. was a similar time frame when that came out. And I think, look, I can't hold this against the film, but there's there's going to be a period of, of like a decade or so in filmmaking where there's that weird transition period from when digital was just starting and CGI mm-hmm. is obviously, you know, in its sort of earliest stages. And I mean... You know, I, I say it a lot about even some of the MCU ones that I've watched, how it feels like you're kind of watching a video game cutscene yeah. a lot of the time. And I think when you jumped into that, it really felt like mm-hmm. 
you were literally like I felt mm. like I needed a controller in yeah. my hand for that moment. <laughs> yeah, um, and like you know, look, again, like that's that's no one's fault. It's just that's going to be a thing, you know. And and how 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 rapidly and quick technology is evolving, and how much better and better and better it's getting. You know, there is going to be a, a, a slot in in history where you're going to watch back some of these films, and and you're going to just have to kind of gloss over the fact that some of the CGI might mm. might miss a little. I quite like the idea that it's, it's different creatively. Mm. Um, but I don't think they maybe, I mean, I don't remember it happening that much. I also, I thought I remembered there being a trailer, uh, that in that, that one shot where he's first swinging and it's that POV one. And then you see him, it's the, it's actually the first reveal of him in his suit and then yeah. he lands on the building and it's that reflection mm. of him going up to the building like that. I'm pretty sure, was that in a trailer for it? Yeah, that or, was like it was, a teaser was it? trailer, but you okay. saw that the suit for like a split second oh, okay it? okay yeah i mean that was a kind of like a cool mm. reveal for the suit i, I quite enjoyed maybe that. it should have stayed a trailer but i like the mm. i do like the idea of sort of trying these new stylistic things mm. i don't know if you guys noticed as well like there's a bit where he's running up early on when he's running away from the police and he's like webbing underneath the it's like jumping onto the back of buses and things and he's like webbing underneath like a subway um bridge that was all done um with a stuntman, realistically. So he was actually, like, from... He had, like, two wires on either side of him and they were doing the motion to make it look like he was swinging and he would run off the side of vehicles and huh. things. So I appreciated that they made the effort to actually try and make the swinging yeah. real where they could and things like that. Yeah, I mean, I, think- I like that little moment in his little training montage where he's swinging on the chains in that abandoned warehouse. Mm, talking of... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Audio commentary fact. The skateboarding scene gets a lot of flack, doesn't it? I think sometimes. A lot of people, because that's in that sequence. Robert Trott, if you told me that the new Spider-Man film featured a montage of Peter Parker testing out his new superpowers while skateboarding with Coldplay playing in the background, I would have recommended (laughs) some psychiatric help. Um, It's not not one of my favourite scenes of the film. And I think think the the song's wrong. Is it, is oh, yeah. I, don't, I really don't mind it, but I think the problem is, which I learned, it makes sense now that I learned this from the audio commentary, that it was originally, there was a scene of him swinging on the train, on the chains and, um, you know, climbing and, and training, you know, in the thing. And then Mark um, Webb and Andrew Garfield wanted to, because it follows the scene where he's just asked out Gwen Stacy, they're like, well, where's his, why is he not like jumping for joy? The fact that he just asked out this girl and she said yes. So they tried, they, the only way they could add a moment of that was to merge it in reshoots with that scene of him sort of training in, in the thing. So what they went with was that he was going to go and unwind after school doing skateboarding. Mm-hmm. And mm. interestingly, they got in Spike Jones because he started out doing um, skateboard photography and videography. Right. Um, they got his support on constructing the skateboarding sequences. Garfield learnt a load of tricks and things <laughs> like that. So I can, I don't think it necessarily 100% works when those moments are together, but I see the logic mm. and I can see why. I don't think you'd know they were, you know, filmed as two separate sequences no. when mm. watching it. But it, I, yeah, I don't no. hate it, but I don't feel like it necessarily works 100%. Yeah. Colin, it looked like you were about to disagree on the song choice too. Um, well, no, I was. I mean, yeah, yes or no. I actually think I did enjoy this scene. I thought it was quite cool, and I thought the the whole skateboarding thing was quite fun, and and him jumping around in the rafters in that warehouse. Mm. Like, I thought a lot of that was 
choreographed or however you would say that in the skateboarding world very well. But the song sucks. I mean, it's a terrible song choice. Did you know that song was written by Chris Martin to be sung by Johnny Cash, but Johnny Cash passed away before he could record ah. it? I'm going to half disagree with Colin here. I, I really like that song, um, but mm. uh, it does <laughs> not work for this film. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, I don't like the song, but my main point was mm. it does not work for a scene like that. Mm. I mean, just grab one from the fucking Tony Hawk Pro Skater <laughs> get video game or something and, and make some people have a just, bit of nostalgia while it's on. Helena again. What's the worst that I No, 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 Peter studies his build. father's papers. We're trying to build Le- listeners less, here, Less mate. Gerard way and more Gerard no way. <laughs> <laughs> Gerard go away. <laughs> there it is. We got there. <laughs> <A> little team <laughs> effort. It was a handicap match. <laughs> Peter studies his father's papers and visits Connor's, whose right arm is amputated above the elbow. Peter reveals... Thought, that reminds me of me missing my dad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know he's missing his arm. I'm missing my dad. We what get a on genius really well. villain. They share such a similar problem. Peter, <laughs> Peter reveals he is Richard's son and gives Connors his father's decay rate algorithm. I'm still laughing. The missing piece in Connors' experiments on regenerating limbs. At home, Peter and Ben argue... And Peter leaves. While searching for him, Ben tries to stop a thief that Peter allowed to escape and is shot, dying in Peter's arms. Colin, how do we feel about this version of Aunt May and Uncle Ben? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, f- fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just, uh, not really anything to to say positively or negatively, really. I mean, Uncle Ben was a bit... Mm, he has pictures of you on his computer. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, preferred, I think Aunt May was fine. I preferred Uncle Ben to Aunt May in this. Oh, really? Yeah, I think Aunt May's um, not maybe not in terms of performance, in terms of character. I think mm. they have no idea what to do with Aunt May in this film. And is it just me, or do they completely forget about her for the last half of the film? Like, oh yeah! When he yeah. turned up, as soon as soon as Uncle Ben's gone, you get like a little bit of her, and then that's it. When yeah. Peter turned up at the end, yeah, like absolutely pummeled to pieces. Like, yeah, I, I forgot that she was even in the film. Yeah, and did did she know that he was Spider Man by that? That's point? my big uh, question was, as well. Was that the, the film? Re- was it a reveal? That, she think because he's he was part so battered? Of, she... Yeah, does she think he's part of a Fight Club? Like he's <laughs> constantly turning up, like battered, and she just kind of hugs him every time and gives him this weird look. Yeah, I mean, mm. Uncle Ben had a couple of one or two one-liners that got a bit of a giggle out of me. I, I remember that the macaroni and cheese line, kind of. Mm-hmm. Remember when, it, when? You remember that bit? Oh, he, well, the frozen mac and cheese. The frozen mac and cheese line was quite with like a bit of a giggle. Um, but yeah, I mean, they were fine, man. It's like Uncle Ben got. It seemed like Uncle Ben got quite a lot in this one. Yeah, in term, especially for the you know the first half. But it was very much all they were doing was just sort of. It was very much just the same. Every time they were on screen, it was them sort of moaning at Andrew Garfield yeah. for mm. not for not doing something and not being the perfect fucking whatever he is to them mm. um, nephew or whatever, you know. Um, but yeah. but like I said, man, like I felt so much fatigue on all these characters by this point. Yeah, especially that, that, that we're was, seeing it again. We're seeing it again, yeah. again, man. I mean, really, again. Um, <laughs> Uh, and sort of varying of ages as well in this one because Garfield looked 
too old to be in school. Maybe not mm. quite as old as Toby Maguire did mm. in the first one, but not that far off. No. Um, and and the rest of the crew at the school at the beginning all look way too old yeah. to be in school. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got like Uncle Ben and Aunt May that they're not quite as old as they were in mm-hmm. in the Toby ones, but clearly, obviously, not as young as um, uh, the the ones in in Homecoming or, or that that world. It's um, like the curious case of Benjamin Button with the Aunt May. Yeah, because <laughs> Uncle Ben would to me looks a lot older than Aunt May would be, but I don't know, maybe not. Mm. Um, uh, Rob, how do we feel about uh, these these this version? Yeah, I thought Martin Sheen was 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 good. Like, I, I thought he he made a good Uncle Ben. Like you say, they had no, no idea what to do with Aunt May. I, I like the idea that um, Peter gets home at the end with the eggs. And she's just crawling on the floor, half lizard, <laughs> <laughs> snarling at him. The antidote hasn't hit her. <laughs> she's been she's been in the basement, <laughs> crawling around in that leaky basement. Brilliant. <laughs> Scuffles the eggs off him. Um, no, I um, sorry, I went on a tangent. Yeah, then they they have some nice chemistry together. Uh, you know, like you sort of believe they're a couple, I guess. Yeah. What I find interesting, I'm going to bust it out again. Go get my trumpet. Audio commentary facts. So you mentioned the um, frozen mac and cheese uh, scene, mm. Colin. Um, that that particular scene in which he says, "Oh, nobody," you know, you know, Peter saying, "Oh, this is the best meatloaf ever," and he looks like he's stoned off his head. And he's like, nobody likes your meatloaf, and they argue over the fact that. Oh, that's his meatloaf, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. There is a there's a bit with mac and cheese where he Peter takes frozen mac that's and cheese it. with yeah, him to yeah, eat as well. Yeah. But that scene was written by Alvin Sargent. Now, does that name sound familiar? That's for me. I don't think. No. Mm. So Alvin Sargent, if you remember when we talked about, he wrote Spider Man Two. Oh. He also wrote Spider Man Three. And he was contracted to write Spider Man Four. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we joked, "Oh, he must have kept quiet and just took the money and run." But nope, he was involved in the writing of this film as well, which is probably contractually. They, had to be they, involved. they got him there. Yeah, there's oh, okay. a few bits that he wrote, and they sort of luckily in the commentary they point it out as it goes along. Um, so that scene was one of them. The moment where Peter's on the rooftop and the I've talked off. I quite like the score in this film. Um, but there's a moment where he's standing on the rooftop and he does a handstand and Tessie's mm. strength goes to two fingers and then one mm-hmm. hand with two fingers. That was written by Alvin Sargent as a nice little moment. Also, the end scene with uh, Garfield on the porch with uh, with Emma Stone's uh, Gwen, that was written by uh, Alvin Sargent. Okay. That's got some lovely bits where she says, so everyone was there but you, and he made you promise, didn't he? That Phil... Very much like I love. I mean, we'll get into it, but I love that she figures it out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, yeah. Any the stuff that this dude's writing are like the highlights of the film. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I highlights. think it's very telling. So, Colin and Rob, uh, is Uncle Ben's death more or less effective than the version we saw in Sam Raimi's version? It's so hard to answer, man. Like, mm-hmm. if it was the first time I'd seen it, mm-hmm. yeah, who knows how it would make you feel? Um, I think it was. Maybe a tad more believable that he gets done by a guy like in a bad shop robbery than a guy mm. who's like randomly decided to go up the top of a building and hassle some wrestling promoter mm-hmm. in a mm. 
So, and then also that it didn't even turn out that that's what happened, did it? I can't remember in Spider Man Three they kind of gave you a second oh, reveal they that shoehorned in Sanju with Sand that was it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, they're, they're kind of hard to sort of say, but I didn't dislike this one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but again, like it's just you knew it was coming. It's, yeah. it's it's hard to really watch it with a. As soon as he went out looking for Peter, it yeah, was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If anything, I kind of wish that they they it would. I mean, it would have been fucking comical. But imagine if the fact that you know, the he goes to get the gun from the rubber, um, he grabs the gun, manages to grab it, throws it down the drain. The rubber just runs off scared, and you think, "Oh shit, Uncle Ben didn't die." Takes two steps back and gets hit by the same guy's truck as he drives past. <laughs> <laughs> or he's just walking home with Peter, just about to get home, and gets hit by that guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they did it. Fuck. They fooled me for a second. Chokes on meatloaf. <laughs> yeah. Just whispers to her, your responsibility was this meatloaf. <laughs> Told you no one liked it. Um, so uh, Peter uses his new abilities to track down criminals matching the killer's description. He creates a mask and spandex suit to hide his identity. He also builds mechanical web shooters out of wristwatches to attach to his arms and wrists. At dinner with Gwen's family, he discovers her father is police captain George Stacy, who dislikes this new vigilante hero. Peter then reveals his identity to Gwen and they kiss. So let's talk a little bit about the cockiness of this Spider-Man and maybe mm. this slight arrogance as well. It's a bit of a difficult question, but what differs in terms of Peter Parker's attitude in this from, let's say, the cocky variation of Peter Parker we see in Spider-Man 3, for example? I mean, honestly, Spider-Man 3's already been gone in my brain. (laughs) I mean, I I remember him... But then also, I think I'm... Actually, no, it's starting to come back a little bit now. I remember sort of saying similar things about him in number three, that he actually wasn't very Mm likeable. And and he, he did turn into a character where you kind of wanted to see him get his face smashed in more than mm-hmm. you're rooting for the guy, which again, like I said earlier, is not really what you want out of your leading man in a superhero film. Mm. But I must admit, like the, the the scenes that you've just spoken about, like him um, having that kind of, that that sort of, mon- is it a montage? Maybe not, where where Uncle Ben's just died and he's he's on the hunt yeah. for, it is yeah. a montage, isn't it? Yeah. Um, that that the, some of the the choreography and some of the fight scenes were really fun there, and how it ended with him falling through the rooftop and getting inspired to make a mask through the the what is it luchador or whatever that mm-hmm. kind of old school wrestling uh, Mexican wrestling or whatever, um, and then that scene that he does have when he goes for to dinner, like that's a that's not I wouldn't say that was particularly arrogant or cocky the way he was having that discussion with. Um, the, yeah. what's his name that was quite a cool I think that was quite a cool moment for Peter Parker mm-hmm. like to see I, him I, I kind of that. yeah um, uh, so yeah I mean uh, to be honest that that's kind of series of what you've just said yeah. um, that whole series of, of this film was where I was sort of starting to feel a little bit more on board of it I really like the visuals of him just going around with that red mask on mm-hmm. like if it, it didn't feel like much of a Spider-Man film at that point even though obviously it is and he's still got the web shooters and stuff yeah. and I love the fact I love the fact that you you got a little bit more of a explanation as to how you know he built like w- how he built these web yeah. um, mm. slingers out of old watches and, and through like learning from what his dad's done in mm. the past and uh, 
And I like that. I really like that element of the Spider-Man. I preferred that to... I mean, still, my favourite is the fact that it's kind of inside Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. Right. I love that yeah. aspect of it. But I like... I preferred that. And also, I think, Rob, you've said before that in the comics, it is similar to how it was here, right? Like, he yeah. actually made them himself out of, out of bits and bobs. Mm. And I prefer that over the Tom Holland one where he's essentially getting, like, Tony Stark's equipment mm-hmm. to yeah. use. So I like that. I like that about this one. The web shooters had been made by Tom Holland before meeting Tony mm. in Civil War, so he kind of had the basis of everything, and then Tony just oh, okay. Tony yeah. up. Yeah, but yeah, that was from the from the comics. Mm. But yeah, I thought those moments when you see, and I think we spoke about it a bit earlier on that one where he he spied a man at the time, and and. It's that car thief mm-hmm. that he gets, and he's slightly, that was... he's slightly intimidating and aggressive to this guy, isn't he? There's small yeah. little beats I really, really like because obviously um, he first meets him when he's in the car, and the guy keeps racing to try and open the car door, and he keeps webbing it back close, webbing it back close, yeah, yeah. and when he finally gets out. Uh, he webs him up against the wall after the whole no not knives that sort of thing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But then he and he like fires one in his balls. Yeah, but then he, he, like... <laughs> he webs his face as well, and you don't realise it at first. Yeah. But he's webbed his mouth and it's his actually, nose. Yeah, because then he does. And that then he does of, a like, little. Slice, he pokes him in, he? in the yeah. nose to allow him to breathe so, again. And it's yeah. like, whoa, what's going on here? And then he and even the way he then talks to the cops when they turn mm-hmm. up, and the way he kind of makes that cop look fucking stupid by yep. taking away his gun and making him look like an idiot. Yeah. Like, you felt that resentment build up from the fact that um, Gwen Stacy's dad, I can't remember his name in this. George Stacy. Um, yeah, like, or Captain, Captain Stacy, Stacey, whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you kind of know that that sort of pissed him off at that dinner yep. when, when Captain Stacy's saying, like, this isn't uh he's he's not you know he's out there trying to cause harm and this that and the other and mm-hmm. i really like that aspect of this film it mm. was like one of the one of the cool points one of the you know points that i wasn't expected to pull from yeah. a film like this that i actually really liked and i thought it was a, a new newer thing that we hadn't quite seen out of the other ones mm. you know i wonder why this version of spider-man needs to shout crotch though before jumping groin first into a man's face did you catch that? <laughs> no. What bit? Yeah, it's literally um, during this car thief hunt. This when he's when he's going after all these different guys, mm. you see this one guy trying to literally break into a car, and you hear Peter just shout <laughs> "crotch," and he jumps like groin first into this man's face, and he shouts "crotch" beforehand. Really <laughs> odd. I missed that. I missed that. Adding a star for that. <laughs> you saying about the the dinner scene? I really do like that. And I think I know. I don't know if I've not noticed it before, but I certainly have forgotten that it is, you know, a factor. Because, yeah, you know, the loudest bits of those scenes are them disagreeing, hmm. and him saying like, you know, he's doing something the police can't, and then it just escalates and escalates. But then at the end of the scene, he's, you know, he, when he's leaving, he says to George Stacey, "Look, I'm sorry if I offended you." Yeah, yeah. yeah, and, yeah. He, and he even says to the mum, "Like, thank you for dinner," mm. and and that saves it for the me. Branzino like, was delicious. Yeah, that saves it from him being an absolute dick. Yeah, because he's still apologising the whole way through. So I didn't mean to offend you. Yeah, but he also just wants to get his points across. Yeah, he he believes firmly in what in what's going on. And but yeah, Mm. I I like that too. That was a cool moment. Mm. One last little thing about this montage as well, and it's kind of what I mentioned earlier on about the 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 Kurt Connors video and horrible graphic video of the mini Mm. lizards. Is that you know this this film does sometimes treat treat its audience for fools i think there's that whole moment where he's obviously 
looking for this tattoo on the wrist of all these guys that he's oh, getting. Yeah. Oh. And it's that moment when he does, he, he pulls the sleeve up of this one guy and then suddenly you get the, the voiceover of the cop being like, the suspect mm. had a tattoo on his left wrist. And I'm like, why? It's it happened order, 10 man. minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of wanted him to go for a member. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's very clumsy. And it just like I said, it talks down to the audience. It's assuming we're idiots mm. and don't do that to us. Yeah. I reckon that's probably like a test audience mm-hmm. kind of Oof. addition. Yeah, some like, some clear, idiot but, in the audience has gone, yeah. why does he keep what? pulling up people's sleeves? Yeah. And then Avi Arad's like, put in a <laughs> thing of this. <laughs> Trust me, they won't get it. After seeing success with the lab rats using lizard DNA, Connor's superior, Rafa, demands Connor's begin human trials immediately. Connor's refuses to rush the drug testing procedure and put innocent people at risk. Rafa fires Connor's and decides to test his serum at a Veterans Administration hospital. In an act... Doesn't check that he's left the building, though. (laughs) In an act of desperation, Connor's tries the formula on himself. After passing out, he awakens to find his missing arm has regenerated. Discovering that Rafa is on his way to the hospital, Connors goes to intercept him. By the time he gets to the Williamsburg Bridge, he has become a violent humanoid reptile. Peter, now calling himself Spider-Man, saves the people on the bridge from Connors' attack. Um, Colin, how was this bridge sequence for you? I hesitate to call it a fight scene, because as far as I remember, there's not much Lizard-Spider-Man interaction nah. on the bridge. No, this was more just to see... Spider-Man being the neighborhood Spider-Man and saving everyone, wasn't it? Which I thought yeah. was done well. I, li- I liked it. I liked that scene with the boy mm-hmm. and he, yeah, you know, he talks too. talks the boy into like you know putting the mask on and getting close to him. And, yeah, put the mask on; and, it will make I, you strong. That, I yeah, like. And then that. when he gets, yeah, and then he gets up to the the top, and I think the dad asks him who he is, and I think that's the first time you hear him say, "I'm Spider-Man." Maybe I don't know. Should yeah, should I, I, I guess the whole point of this scene really is, you know, this whole time we've seen him fighting like petty crime really haven't we and i think he realizes at this moment he could be doing so much more he's he's obviously he's learning here we go that with great power comes great responsibility (laughs) and this film this film teases that line so much and i kept Mm, i couldn't remember whether they say it in the film or not and i was like ben will say it in the voicemail Peter's got a voicemail from Ben, but he doesn't want to listen to right. it yet. We'll get it. And then the voicemail happens at the end and we still don't get the line. It's... No, he says, he goes, your father believed in one thing, that if you had the, if you were able to do good or if you had the skills to do something, it mm. was your, he goes, it's your obligation. No, your responsibility mm, to yeah. do it. That's how they do it. And it's like. I prefer him to say mm. the line, I think. I don't know how Colin would have felt yeah. about it, but I would have, I want to hear the line. Yeah, I mean, why not? It's like, do, do the do, is it some like contractual obligation that they don't own the rights no, to that line or something? Being is it trademarked by someone? Uncle Ben didn't even say it in the comics. He um, really? Oh, in, is it a... in, it's just like a you know like a text bubble. It's not said by anyone, oh, okay, and it's not okay, worded yeah. with "great power comes great responsibility," is it? It's worded differently in the comics as well. Slightly different, yeah. Oh right, remember. okay. I can't quite remember the, the original wording. Word there must also come great there responsibility. There must also think, come great that. responsibility, mm. yes. So it's very close. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Rob, any anything about the bridge sequence? Yeah, I really like the everything that Colin said. I love the, the way he talks to that kid and you see it, 
you know, they, they sort of cast a kid that looks similar to the young version of him, so I mm. thought that was smart casting. They also said on the audio commentary facts, I can't remember if it was something daft Avi Arad said, but it was something daft that someone said. <laughs> First of all, they said, oh, this is Peter. When the kid is reunited with his father, this is Peter seeing something he can't have. And I thought, that's fair. Yeah, I'll allow it. Okay, fair enough. Um, but then they said, you can really see him emote this moment. I was like, you can't. He's got a mask on. <laughs> you literally cannot see it. <laughs> you cannot see him emote that moment. It's, oh. it's a still mask. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. dear. These people are making motion pictures. Yeah, I know. It makes you wonder. Following yeah. a battle in the sewer, the lizard learns Spider-Man's real identity and attacks Peter at school. Are we in agreement that this was the best fight scene in the movie? I really like the sewer moment as well when he made the yeah, web to I would test say so. all the mm-hmm. all the vibrations and everything. Well, that was really cool. Yeah, but same. yeah, the school sequence is the best. I don't know. I was going to say what one little bit I did quite like, which was like a nice little touch, is at the po- at the points where Peter Parker's just wandering around the streets in New York, and you just see like little like just lizards mm-hmm. just every now and again. <laughs> like I, I really like that. And obviously <laughs> they're, they're obviously they're um, indicating the whole he's in the sewer yeah. thing. But I thought that was a nice little touch, yeah. just mm. seeing little lizards knocking about. And yeah, that whole um that that um setup that he did with all the webs and mm. I thought was done really well. And, and he just chills out on his phone in there. That yeah. felt like a very Peter Parker thing as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. And he set his camera up mm. to, you know, get some shots. Uh, mm. And the yeah the school the school scene was I thought it was I thought it was really good. I man. really like, enjoy yeah. the fight. Probably the highlight, definitely the fight of the mm-hmm. film. Like you know, um, and yeah, someone else popped up at some yes, point. Yes, I'm uh, waiting. I'm waiting for good. him to jump in. Oh, no, I'm just. I don't want to interrupt. I don't <laughs> want to interrupt. Closed, closed back headphones with some amazing noise reduction. Amazing. On them. Yeah. yeah. Who are we talking about, Rob? Um, I think they might be talking about Reese Fans. <laughs> um, talking. <laughs> Talking about Excelsior, Stanley, baby. Mm. It's a good one. It's a isn't top it? tier. Yeah, mm. Spider Man saves him from being twatted with a table. Yes. Yeah, that was and cool. He just walks out. It's brilliant. Silent, but classy. I like yeah. it. The thing I, I like about that fight sequence that really made me laugh this time is that when he, like the lizard throws Peter, he like webs his bag to himself, he throws Peter in through a wall. Mm. And before he reappears as Spider-Man, he just throws his shoe yep. at him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thought that yeah, was there really was some really nice funny. moments there. And I like the fact they 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 left enough time for it to be realistic about the fact that he has actually changed as well. Because yeah. a lot of times it'll be, you know, you'll see him get tossed in there and then two seconds later he like appears fully clothed and comes yeah. straight out of it. Part of the scientist like, yeah. of Kurt Connors is still in Lizard there because... They're fighting in a chemistry lab as well, and it's a nice little beat. Oh, he, he starts, starts making, making all these little yeah, concoctions yeah, yeah, and throwing yeah. them at him. It's nice. I thought it was a lot yeah. of fun, man. And even like when they're fighting through the um, the hallway, mm-hmm. and mm. like I think he rips off a bit like a one of the um, doors of of someone's locker, mm-hmm. and then mm. Peter Parker's firing, or sorry, Spider Man's firing a web, but then it kind of webs it to his hand, and then he's almost got like a knife. Yeah, yeah, with, yeah. Like, mm. this, this shrapnel part of a locker door and I, I thought there were some really creative mm-hmm. moments in, in a lot of the action sequences in this and normally that's where I switch off so I was really <laughs> surprised well it is no yeah no I love it I love it <laughs> uh, that's why I, I said I was surprised about what rewatch mm. of this because actually the action moments were some of the highlights of the mm. film and, and normally they're, they're not even worth talking yeah. about from yeah. my point 
I like when his tail gets knocked off and Peter's like, oh, that's gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was the, there was one other, like, I, I really do like about the physicality that Garfield has as Spider-Man. Mm. Like, he's, he really gets into some of those comic book poses. And there's there's something about him that is, I know it sounds really obvious to say, but Spider-like when he is in those, you know, when he is in that costume. And there's a bit towards him when he, he's putting the lizard into like a cocoon mm-hmm. almost. Mm, that was but cool. But he's like crawling around him as he's doing it. And like, he's not sort of webbing him from a distance or anything. Yeah. He's crawling around him like a spider. It's just really creepy. Well, I think Andrew Garfield and obviously probably Mark Webb as well realised that, I hate to use the word emote again, but you know, mm. it's, it's difficult to emote when you want to get so much character across, when you're covered from mm. head to toe in spandex and got a mask over your face. So the physicality mm. of the character does need to be slightly exaggerated and maybe go mm. up a couple of notches as well. And I think they really get that down um, with Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. When, when that mask goes on, he does exit, yeah. Mm. He's more of a slender build than Toby mm-hmm. as well. Like he's, yeah, yeah, definitely. He's kind of like tall and sort of slim, so it works that he's kind of like, when he's doing those sort of more exaggerated sort of poses, yeah. it doesn't, I guess it looks more comic booky. But I like there's a moment later on which um, just a tiny moment when he gets a, he gets like hit with a stun like electric dart, mm-hmm. and when he's laying on the floor, his hands are like stuck to the floor, and they're like tensing like a spider, like constantly. Like I noticed that he was with, doing and, muscle spasms yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with his hand, but they're like his, his hands are still stuck mm-hmm. to the floor as Spider Man, and I thought that little moments like that, it's like really the physicality that he brought to yeah. it was really fucking interesting. Nice. Um, so the police start a manhunt for both Spider Man and the Lizard. They eventually corner Spider-Man, leading Captain Stacy to discover that Spider-Man is Peter and lets him go to to stop the Lizard. The Lizard plans to make all humans reptilian by releasing a chemical cloud from Oscorp's tower to eliminate the weaknesses he believes plague humanity. Um, So, Colin, final battle time. Mm. Uh, We know how you feel about long films and in particular most final battle sequences. Did we still have you by this point or were there any particular moments or beats from the final battle that kind of stood out to you? I like the fact that we got to see like a moment where it was the lizard versus the cops and then like a couple a scene later it was Peter Parker versus yeah. the cops. I thought that was a nice sort of creative spin on it. I much preferred the lizard smashing the shit out of all the cops. <laughs> that was quite fun. Um, <laughs> but obviously, you know, the the Peter or the Spider-Man one was different because it ended with the reveal to Captain Stacy, which I thought was done well. I thought I really liked yeah. that. And I like the fact that, I mean, you know, Captain Stacy's character was such a paint-by-numbers movie character of mm. the guy that doesn't believe, or, you know, it's it's the guy that gets... yeah. That is anti anti um, lead character until he there's gets. There's characters that are there for plot, the and then there's characters that are there for character sake. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I mean, and also the the final fight scene was it was kind of cool. I, I quite liked the 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 moment where it was like you know the whole city had to kind of get together and and they move all of the cranes. So okay. uh, Peter Parker has a way to get to the thing. I mean, it's a bit cheesy in it, but. Yeah, um, I, I, I've got it noted here, and it's very strange that you and me disagree about stuff. Um, mm. No, it's very weird that we are sort of polar opposites. I was going to say, it's not strange that we disagree at all. It happens all the fucking time. I'm free. Yeah. yeah. I, I've got it noted here that a bunch of cranes turning slightly at the same time is nowhere near as cool as what the film thinks it is. <laughs> mm. I would, yeah, I mean, it, it, 
I wouldn't necessarily say visually it was cool, but I think it, and one thing that I felt like this film was slightly missing that the Sam Raimi ones did so well was that like New York was such a staple of the films yeah, it's, and it's it that sort of moment is it from Spider-Man the, 2 you know you mess with him you mess with all of us moment yeah yeah, one. yeah. It, that, yeah. that was kind of their version of that wasn't yeah. it um, I also like the idea that it puts forward that all crane operators are all on the same New York yeah. all talk <laughs> all for and the all same know company. each other <laughs> and all are going to be like yep I'm get hold of Toby down on 187th street yeah. <laughs> what <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the fact that like this uh, you know the kid's dad, like Jack's dad, fair enough, he's got reason to, but then how he, like, has he just been chatting to them all down the pub? They're like, oh, don't you remember? <laughs> Spider-Man saved Jack's kid, didn't he? <laughs> oh, I think on. we should, let, to, let's uh, turn the crane. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'll get me crane out. <laughs> yeah. But it was... <laughs> it's, um, it's so nonsense. <laughs> it, was, it was very much like, again, they're not breaking the boundaries of creativity of the whole, like... Mm-hmm it's eight minutes until this happens yeah, and yeah. they all suddenly seem to get there with a 10 second counter going and on the on the one second everyone's fine and but i would say that the the when they started having that sort of fight again the battle when they were in in the tower mm-hmm. was quite it was quite cool i think the lizard like threw in some really kind of visceral mm-hmm. attacks towards peter parker and you know some of the parts where he was like you know, choke or like almost crushing mm-hmm. his head. There's cool little moments and, of and Captain Stacy literally just mm. walking up and just shotgun yeah. blast, load, shotgun, yeah, load. Yeah, that was it's cool. Just, yeah. and, and he's using the, the liquid nitrogen mm-hmm. to like mm. freeze him up. That was a cool, yeah, that was cool. Nice beats in there. Um, so I think they did, I think they did well creatively with what they had to work mm-hmm. with in a lot of this film. I wouldn't necessarily say what they had to work with was that great, yeah. but I do, mm. I do reward them for having some memorable moments in what is really just a very simple paint-by-numbers film that isn't really breaking the boundaries yeah. of anything. I would have liked maybe more Spider-Sense to come into play during the final half hour or there so. There was some throughout the film. Yeah, though, yeah, because they, they yeah. show mm. a lot of the film, the first half of the film, as to how effective this Spidey-Sense is. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, from the first... When he's on the, un- the subway. Yeah, yeah. Like, it starts yeah. with that droplet of water that it kind of sends in mm. that Spidey-Sense off. But then only yeah, for him cool. to get caught out. And it must be like two or three times in the final battle sequence just by Lizard throwing gas canisters mm. at him. And I thought, where's... It's uh, kind of dropped that little bit, um, I think. Good point. Yeah, maybe because he's been shot in the leg, but they, the film doesn't explain mm. that, that, it, mm. that it's, he's, you know, he's working at half power or whatever. Mm. Any other thoughts about the final battle, Rob? I kind of like the angle that he's holding on to Peter. Old, um, what's his name? The lizard is holding on to Peter, and then he's it's the arm that mm. is, you know, non-existent in, you know, human form. Um Everything you said, really. I like. I, there's so it would moments. almost be like being... Peter holding on to his lost father. Yeah, right. um, I get it. It made me cry. In fact, um, I was bored. Yeah, I. <laughs> I um, I remember on some of the special features, like when I watched it years and years ago, seeing Andrew Garfield do a lot of like flips and acrobatics, like jumping off of trampolines and shit. To it, I'm thinking. Or oh, this is a spider. This is a an actor who's clearly more involved in the, the you know, the acrobatics and the the physical mm-hmm. side of the role than Toby was, and that's not a slight on Toby. You know, it's fine to get stunt people involved to do stuff or yeah. when it's not your skill set. But I kind of admired the fact that Andrew Garfield did get involved with a lot of that stuff. Yeah. 
One thing that did make me laugh during the final battle sequence, and I don't know whether it was funny, or I did watch it about one o'clock this morning, so maybe it was me just being delirious. But there's a moment where, like you said, Rob, Gwen is kind of always got a bit of an upper hand on Peter throughout this whole film. She's always there to Mm. have one quip against him or she's one step ahead of him. And um, she sort of hangs up on him at uh, at one point, just when he's trying Mm. to uh, give his plan to her. And he goes, oh, you mother Hubbard. I don't know why that made me laugh. (laughs) But like I said, it might have been delirium. Colin shaking his head. Obviously didn't. I I got a head shake from (laughs) you. <laughs> I think it's very Peter Parker to be to say Mother Hubbard and call his new girlfriend a motherfucker. <laughs> oh, I love it. Gwen creates an antidote which Peter disperses, restoring Connors and his victims to normal. But not before the lizard fatally wounds Captain Stacy. Before his death, Captain Stacy asks that Peter avoid Gwen to keep her safe. Peter initially does so. But seeing as they're both unhappy, hints to her that he may still see her after all. Right, Peter breaking up with Gwen. Uh, not even going to her father's funeral as well. Like I said, is all good stuff to me. I think it's perfect Peter Parker. Peter Parker mm. should never be happy. Unfortunately, it's the rules. Don't blame me. But first, like, was the whole breaking up with the love interest at the end maybe too similar to the ending of Spider-Man 1? I'll, I'll give that to you boys in a minute, but, but to me, maybe a little similar. But I'm also, I'm here for it again because of the rules. But then they completely <laughs> reverse it 60 seconds later. Then ending the film with Peter whispering behind Gwen, to me, it just felt a little creepy. It's literally like, they end the film on, hey, uh, you know that thing your, your your dad made me promise just as he was taking his dying breath? Yeah, fuck him. Like the end. Yeah. And I've decided I've decided I want to play yeah. you. I've changed my <laughs> mind. what it was, weren't it? Yeah. And, <laughs> might, have to, might have to cut and that And then bit. credits. <laughs> <laughs> not cutting that. We're not cutting that. Okay. Uh, so how so did the love. end land for you guys? I, I like the, yeah, I, I like that scene when Gwen Stacy... Turns up at his uh, house. I think you even mentioned it earlier. Yeah, that that mm, scene on the doorstep was was really nice. Um, yeah, I I, d- I don't know if I care or agree with the fact it's too similar to the first film because I mean there's so many similarities between yeah, all yeah, these. Yeah. We could just yeah, sort of is, write um, write that one off as a it's it's a new Spider Man. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be I, I I don't know if it came across creepy to me um, at the end with the whole whispering thing. I mean, it didn't really offend me in any way, but it was just a it's a strange thing to end a film yeah. on, i guess this is an it's an odd thing to end a film on but it didn't really bother okay. me rob um no i didn't mind it i kind of get the idea that her sort of saying yeah we made you promise it's also sort of like saying well that's not your it's not his fucking place to yeah. make that decision I, I, like, he doesn't actually woman. promise does he yeah. i noticed that on this viewing yeah he but also, even if he did, I mean, like, like Rob's just said, really, like, you can't promise that to someone. Like, mm-hmm. what? Like, what about if these two are meant to be together and and they go on and have like a, an amazing relationship? And also, like, as much as obviously Peter Parker's a bit of a nightmare because he's Spider Man. Like, if he's making Gwen Stacy happy and they want to be together, then they can do that themselves. They're adults. Mm-hmm. Just because his dad sort of said that, it's a bit like, well, fuck yeah. you, man. So I kind of got that vibe from her that like her delivery of the 
um, you know, he made you promise is, is, is her sort of saying, well, mm. I get why you, I, I now get why you're doing this, but I don't agree with it. I think it's bullshit. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. You could look um, at so it from the much. perspective of, let's look at it from Gwen's perspective. Why, why are mm. two men having a conversation going to change anything about what I want and my happiness? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Why, why should, why, why should her dad be like yeah. basically dictating her life? Yeah, and also, she but... clearly like. I mean, the amount of fuck eyes that are going on in this <laughs> film. She wants some fucking Peter Parker yeah. in her, you know. Like, and Peter Parker wants. They want to have a night mm-hmm. together. So let's have it. Let's let it happen. And uh, the producer will probably fucking <laughs> write a script for it. <laughs> let's have it happen. <laughs> Brilliant. Needs to be the tagline for the film. Uh, so, anything I've missed throughout the film? Anything you want to go through? The score in that last section. Mm-hmm is called promises and it is pretty banging i like the score it doesn't feel as as um iconic i guess as the danny elfman yeah, stuff see, but i really do like I, the score. i don't know about the score i if i can't remember it which to me is not a great i let him do all that because i thought it was leading up to some sort of bloody fact but no, he's um, yeah. It's a new so, jingle. I'm, I'm doing what you did in uh, Doctor Strange when I said it was unmemorable, uh, and you yes. proceeded to go into the. It's better than Mike Abbott or Romance or whatever you were singing earlier. Don't let me. Yeah. Oh, oh, don't make me do it again. Right, one thing I did less uh, Michael Giacchino and more Michael Giacchino. No Jesus way, Christ. <laughs> Awful. Oh, that one That one Awful. died a really slow death, but I loved it. Um, one thing I did have noted uh, that I haven't mentioned so far was one little moment I really liked. Um, it was when Peter at school punched Flash and then Flash responded mm. with, it feels better now, doesn't it? Suddenly it was yeah. like a moment I wasn't expecting. And I think in that one line, we got more depth to Flash than we have in the last maybe four Spider-Man I love, movies. I love that moment. Without a doubt, yeah, we really I did. I did want to talk about that bit, yeah. When he says, um, you, you know, your uncle died, didn't he? Hmm. He's like, mm. and he puts him down, mm-hmm. doesn't he? And he just yeah. sort of, they sort of have a little moment of like, oh, so you, you, you're going through yeah. shit. Yeah. Kind of it get feels it. better now, doesn't it? Says so much. That's a good line, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I had to note that. That really stuck with me. Uh, yeah, uh, maybe even more depth to that Flash Thompson than the Flash we get in Spider-Man Homecoming. He's fairly one note in that film, I'd say. Mm. Um, oh, definitely. Penis Parker. So, Colin, the amazing Spider-Man, mm. out of five. Yep. Uh, I'm in a pretty good mood oh. today. <laughs> You fucking better be when we watch Infinity War, I say. Oh, could you imagine if this is the first five I give? Could for for amazing (laughs) spies. Definitely not. Um, I mean, it's 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 sort of teetering on the edge of a two point five to three. Yeah, me too. I can't quite figure it out. Because I'm in a good mood, I'm going to give it a three. Nice, Rob. I'm going to say three as well. Hmm. I think I'm going to have to go two and a half. No, uh, you're just trying to you're trying to be the count. No, I promise I'm not. I was. D- it's because I keep roasting you all the time about how nice you are. And also, if this was MCU, you'd be like oh, five stars. Five. 
<laughs> don't know why you turned into Mario, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right then, trivia. But as Rob did mention during Colin's piss break, I am 3 0 down. Oh, in, in the, the bonuses. bonuses. Yeah. Fuck, okay, man, you got to. You know too much for your own good. Now that's what I call using the old head. Yeah, who's going first? Colin's just said he's in a good mood. I hope that doesn't translate to being in a charitable mood. <laughs> I'm not charity. 3 0 oh, sister. Otherwise, mate, no, this, is, this is George O'Connor on the end of a 3 0 loss. I'm loving oh, my front. Wow. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking, man. Like Peter Parker, George O'Connor should never be happy. <laughs> it's the rules. Yeah, exactly. It's the rules, man. All right. Colin, who's going first? Because I can't remember. I can't remember. I'll let you go first, okay. George. That's that's the charitable. Yeah, it, it starts you mean do. to go on. Thanks, mate. Yeah, no worries. When uh, the announcement was made that obviously Sony was rebooting the Spider-Man franchise, many fans petitioned that Donald Glover, childish Gambino, should play Peter Parker. Um, okay. Glover himself said uh, that all Sony had to do was ask, and he would take the role. This was yeah. slightly referenced in episode one of season two of Community, uh, a show Donald Glover was on at the time, where the first time we see the character that season, he's wearing Spider-Man pyjamas. Um, however, obviously he didn't get the role, but Mark Webb wanted to give a shout out to Glover himself. So I don't know if you noticed that in uh, Peter Parker's bedroom next to his computer, he has a poster of Donald Glover. Um, and so it was this fan reaction as well that people were so desperate for him to have this role that it gave comic book writer brian bendis the idea to instead just create a whole new version of spider-man in the comics so wrote issue one of miles morales who is an african-american um new yorker spider-man uh, and it's still a nice. massively popular comic book character today he even has his own video game as well it's very good and this Donald Glover's weird Spider-Man connection is still strong, as just recently in Spider-Man Homecoming, we saw that uh, he got a, a cameo as well. And mm. um, he even yeah. mentions... Playing... He, um, I don't know why I'm hoping. <laughs> he mentions... <laughs> gets trumpets out of it. <laughs> he mentions to Spider-Man in his cameo scene that he has a nephew in the city, and obviously he doesn't want any of these weapons that are being paraded about landing in the hands of his nephew and things like that, and that is obviously a Miles Morales reference. So it all goes full circle. That's cool. And it's all like Donald Glover connections throughout these all these Spider-Man movies, just because the fans really wanted to see him in the film. I appreciate that a lot. Good, thank you. <laughs> Cool. Is it my oh, time now? Rob's confident though. Yeah, I can see he's confident, confidence man. behind those eyes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Sally Field, she obviously plays Aunt May. We had a lot to say about how um, we felt about Aunt May, both uh, her portrayal and how the, you know, the filmmakers, you know, what they did with the character. Um, so while she was on a guest on the Howard Stern show in 2016... Sally Field was asked if she liked The Amazing Spider-Man. And her answer was, not especially, it's not my kind of movie, but my friend Laura Ziskin was the producer and we knew it would be her last film and she was my first producing partner and she was a spectacular human. And when Stern asked her how much effort she put in into preparing the Art May role, she said, not a great deal. 
it's really hard to find a three-dimensional character in it. And you work it, and you work it as much as you can, but you can't put ten pounds of shit in a five-pound bag. <laughs> oh, that's good as well. This is a tough one because George's one I appreciate a lot, and I like the fact that it's a thing. But Rob's one really made me laugh a lot. You, you got one of those like <laughs> one of those laughs out of me. <sighs> George gets the point. I thought so. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you also thought so on uh, yeah, the... Yeah, I was very confident about that one. Was it Black Panther? No, it's oh, Thor no. Ragnarok Christ, that you yeah. thought it was. <laughs> That's a great moment, <laughs> that. Destroyed me for <laughs> days. Not even joking. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> no, fair enough. That was a really good one. So much so that I tried to... Yeah, you were jumping on it, it at the yeah. same time. He also... Um, Donald Glover also voiced Miles Morales in the uh, cartoon. Yes, of course. Cool. An animated form, so he, another connection between the guy and, and this uh, this whole hmm. massive Spider-Man yeah. franchise. It's, it's yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I'm all I'm all for Miles Morales facts. Yeah. It's great. Um, okay, so thanks again for listening, everyone. Uh, if you haven't, please re- uh, review or rate the podcast wherever you are listening. And uh, if uh, you haven't have yet to review this podcast, um, after this, let us know in your review who is your favourite Spider-Man. Um, so thank you everyone for listening. Our next episode will be infinity war as Colin John brain knows. Uh, and then very soon we'll get to another bonus episode where we will sit down and watch amazing Spider-Man too. So Rob say bye. Bye. Colin say bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. Next time we meet, let it be in peace and friendship. This is as far as you're going to get tonight. Such valuable stuff. All in a nice work. Sweet dreams, little friends. Look out! Oh, oh, he's escaping! <laughs> I fear we have not seen the last of him. And we're not quite done just yet. Yes, there is a mid-credits scene. We've just discovered that Colin did not watch it in his words i just turned that shit off i'm sorry and my apologies i didn't realize that i i uh yeah i was kind of done with the film by that point so i had other things to do it's a rubbish post credit (laughs) scene it lasts 20 seconds okay uh but an incarcerated kirk connors in his prison cell at night speaks with a man who walks i guess from the shadows and asks if peter knows the truth about his father connor's does not know but demands that peter be left alone before the man seemingly disappears Mm. i think i made it sound cooler than what it is it's rubbish so they are still hinting at more parent shenanigans to be maybe brought up later that's the um the little subtitle of the sequel, isn't it? It's the amazing Spider-Man. Parent shenanigans. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And very, very, very short post-credit scene there from us as well. Um, Thank you again, everyone. Stay safe, stay well, stay nerdy. Bye.